into the bar and Brad Pitt was sat over there in these shoes and eating this sandwich and we had a chat all day and he took me on a road trip. Now it's like, I went to a hotel, I sat there for 10 minutes with 10 questions and I answered them in seven and the management gave me filthy luck, so I had to leave. A big name in Fashion Pass Suite, you need to be the first person to get it up and yeah. it's all about getting your SEOs higher and it is a must, a lot but more you competitive. need to know that going into the job, you need the passion, you need a bit of youth. And yeah. a lot of coffee. And a lot of coffee. I wasn't even a coffee drinker back then. Oh, wow. Now I am. And you have to learn from the bad times. You have to be that intern dragging around bags. You have to be up late at night. You have to have that bad boss. You have to have that to, in order to shape yourself. And I think I was so lucky that I knew it at a young age and achieved it at such a young age. There's incredible like new indie ones that are coming up and I actually read them more than the standard ones. Are you starting to work more with these indie ones? Do you ever write for them or contribute? Maybe I'm creating a little indie one. Hi, I'm Lily. And I'm Dan. We are The Loaded. Dan. Good afternoon, Lily. How are you? I'm doing all right this week. Are you sure? I am, yes. I saw you coughing a lot. Oh, hang on a minute. You just outed me on on my podcast. Yeah, but you sound so like... Nasally. No, you sound so much less nasally. I'll be able to breathe eventually after 41 years of not being able to breathe. So how did it go? You went in, you went in and... Uh, <laughs> I got my sinuses your... fixed. <laughs> Sounds really weird. It's like, oh, what do you do? Everyone's like, you got a nose job. I never got a nose job. My nose <laughs> was all record. right before. Yes. For the record, all right. But you're you're good and back on track. Two days and you're back in the office. You're nuts. Of course, of course. Got to keep some people in shape. Now, who do we have in the studio today? We have a great guest. Someone actually who I've known for a long, long time. Um, which we're going to go through today, we are welcoming to our podcast, the wonderful Alexandra Venison. How are you? I am good. Thank you for having me, guys. Welcome, welcome. It's so good to have you here. It's so good to be here, and it's so good to hear that your sinuses are fixed. <laughs> That's going to be a theme today, isn't it? It's going to be like, oh. Whenever there's a gap in the conversation, how's your sinuses? Oh, all right, all right, all right. I can, I can go quite graphic on that one. Um, so I was going for the killer question, actually, but Lily is going to go. Oh, no, I'm just going to throw I'm, you I'm, in there No, today. you can throw me under the bus. First thing I'm going to do is say what I usually say. Dan, have we actually introduced <laughs> our guest? Alex, tell us a little bit about yourself for all our listeners that might not know who you are. So I am a journalist. Well, I'm now a freelancer who does content creation, but my most recent gig saw me as the online editor for Harper's Bazaar Arabia, then the beauty editor for Vogue Arabia, which was a dream job. And then I decided to escape into the world and become a freelancer. And now I'm doing content and creation and tons of other things. Because apparently, when you're a freelancer, you just want to do everything. You want to. Well, the world just eat opens up, right? Yeah. I'm not apparently, you have slice. lots of free time. You have zero free time. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's, it's like, like when you start ever, a business, I, everyone's like, oh, don't worry, you can pick and choose yeah. your hours. But um, no, you can't. No, no every hour is your hour. Well, every hour is, is money, right? Yeah. Mm. I even just came back from holiday and I worked every single day. However, just to, to clarify, like the Instagram posts and pictures oh God, were like Instagram pretty on point. Instagram made it look amazing. I was chilling out by the fire and secretly every morning I'd wake up at 8 a.m. Uh, she's a content creator, right? Of course. <laughs> yeah. If, if her Instagram didn't look like she was having a shit hot time and everything was rosy, then, you know, something's wrong. I mean, I want to be like a bit honest, but then I was just so tired. I'd say it's just, you know how it is. So is this what you've always wanted to do? Take us back. 
I love I love people's backstory. I was just saying, like, because the theme of our our podcast untold series is the untold story. So yes, yeah, so it's that it's that journey from from the very beginning to where we are today. From the very beginning, like we're not the very beginning. So we were talking previously about <laughs> no, like birth. It's like no, we don't need to go that far back. <laughs> no, we don't want to discuss that again. <laughs> I'm joking. So I actually always had a plan. I always wanted to be working for Vogue, which is really interesting. I was like four or five. It was the first time I ever picked up a Vogue magazine. I was always obsessed with fashion and beauty and that side of things. But that was obviously in the 90s and early 2000s was such a different industry for media. And I was collecting Vogue's like you wouldn't believe, like I have piles and piles. I have piles in the UK, I have piles here. And every time anyone would travel, they would bring me back a Vogue from France, Italy, US, we won't name the other one. But why Vogue? Because Vogue is such like an iconic brand. You know, you think of like, you know, Anna Winter and, you know, just everything about Vogue and fashion and the whole industry and, you know, Met Gala, like it is such an iconic oh, publication. Oh, 100%. But I'm still going to ask the question, why Vogue for you? Yeah. Vogue for me, because I was obsessed with Grace Coddington, who was the creative director at the time at Vogue US and her photo shoots were just so magical they took you into all these crazy worlds and i love fantasy like big lord of the rings fan i'm like a secret geek so it was just i wanted to create that i wanted to be part of it i also loved writing like i wrote a book when i was really young as well which was like a fantasy novel i think i was like eight to twelve when i was writing it and i've just pulled it back out and i'm gonna rewrite it that's like my next big does project it, does it already have a title it does what was the title is the title you. we gotta wait and You've see you gotta wait and see this is All my right. billion dollar project so when you say you pulled it back out have you reread it i've reread it it's complete garbage because i was eight to twelve <laughs> I was gonna years say, old does it make any sense you like i mean it. i definitely wrote it in like the wrong person and everything as well but there's like some but cool the concepts ideas there. Good. Like the concepts good. Come on, an eight-year-old's eight yeah. the imagination. I was I was away with the yeah. fairies. I was Hang on, a like great time. children's imagination are great. Like it's something which I Phenomenal. wish we kept. Phenomenal. Like I, I think you're sitting on gold. Yeah, I hope 100%. so. Hundred percent. I'm kind of trying to do that Lady Gaga thing where I'm manifesting. Yeah. Because her whole story is like she kept saying, "I'm gonna be a celebrity," and I'm like, "I'm gonna be a billionaire and have a yacht." So ah, that's the aim. I like it. And save the planet and the world. <laughs> There's a lot to say. From the yacht. There's a lot to say. From the yacht. <laughs> It'll be the first eco green yacht. It's fine. No, so anyway, so it was Vogue, loved Vogue. And then obviously it's super interesting. So you spend your life kind of with this dream. Like I was super lucky from a young age that I had a direction. And actually how Dan and I met was I was interning at Bareface. Can I say that? Yeah, of course you can. Like, well, this is actually quite funny because many people don't know that we've actually got like a history. We've got like a super long history. How long ago was that? Do we have to say? I don't even believe I'm Some time ago. Some time ago. It must have been at least like 10, 12 years ago. It would be about 12 years ago. And I actually went to London College of Fashion and I was studying broadcast journalism, learn how to film. And I was helping you with a few like editing and filming. And that was back in the day when I was like, it wasn't really happening. And I went into magazines and I was doing videos, like behind the scenes videos for them. And they were like, oh, we don't think anyone's watching them, rah, rah, rah. So I kind of lost that skill a tiny bit. And yeah. I was like, if I had stuck to that, mm. I would have, I'd be on my yacht by now. Like I was ahead of the time there. Well, I was going to say that's quite interesting because journalism and the way we consume content has changed. Completely. So people, like you were pretty, like you said, you were ahead of your time. Yeah. So when you were interning for me, which is really weird. Yeah. And when we were collaborating together, um, yeah, and producing all that content and people were saying, oh, well, you know, I don't think people are watching that, but people would watch that now. Absolutely. Well, I think even three, four years on, 
they would have watched it. But I think the thing in this industry, and I have so much respect for people who are still in full-time journalism jobs, they are such tiny teams. Yeah. Like the whole world is now changing as well. So it's getting smaller in, I know, Mexico and like Germany and everything. All the teams are tightening up. So it isn't what it used to be where for journalism for me was I wanted to go out and I wanted to have in my mind when I like styling, I wanted to spend a month styling a shoot and having these $100,000 budgets. Or like say, I then became a beauty editor. So the world of beauty kind of dragged me in and that's where I belong. Um, but I should have, like as a journalist, I want to go out and come up with a story before anyone else, not like copy everything. Um, and then spend weeks finding the right people, interviewing the right people and writing it. Nowadays, people have a week to put something together if that while they're doing two online posts a day or they're doing social media mm. like no one can focus as much i think so to that point then how do you how do you find that inspiration for that story i love meeting people okay. like my favorite thing about being a beauty editor like fast forward to now is meeting the perfumers and then you speak to them and they'll tell you about this amazing project that's going on in brazil where they're growing this special bean that's then going to a factory in france or like a science lab and they're making molecules like there's there's so many stories but you have to speak to people and one of the reasons i kind of moved away from standard journalism and i want to go freelance and start creating my own thing is because i felt like i was interviewing like the craziest celebrities of all time and you would have to write 10 questions and then they would have to answer the 10 questions. It's no more of like Interview Magazine used to be one of my favorite magazines of all time as well, where the journalists would be like, oh, I walked into the bar and Brad Pitt was sat over there in these shoes and eating this sandwich and we had a chat all day and he took me on a road trip. Now it's like, I went to a hotel, I sat there for 10 minutes with 10 questions and I answered them in seven and the management gave me filthy looks, so I had to leave. <laughs> I have had experiences like that. I interviewed one very famous celebrity, a guy. I won't say his name, but he's played in Marvel. Um, that narrows had, it down a bit. I know. doesn't narrow it down much. But I can't, you signed so many NDAs as well now. And I literally wrote 10 questions for him. He couldn't, and it was for a fragrance launch. He couldn't even answer five of the questions. Like, they were fragrance, like, what notes do you like? And he's like, what's a note? And I was like, oh, on gosh. to the next question. And it was like, you're sat across from this incredible artist who is actually very interesting, but because you're so dictated in what you can ask, yeah. it was done seven minutes out of the 10. And I was like, when else would you get the chance to sit across from like an incredible A-list celebrity and not like- So it's, it's you, you yeah. can't go outside of the 10 questions? You can't, no. It's pre-agreed, it's that pre whole thing. Pre-agreed, yeah. Yeah, it's formulated. Sad, right? formulated and everything feels quite formulated now. But is so. that is that because of um you know the the sort of you see a lot of bullying, you see a lot of trolling, you see a mm. lot of interviews where where journalists not not that's not right. Let me take that back. Not that journalists are doing it, but because the world are, some, some, some of them, them can are. be quite the conniving. Gossip mags and stuff yeah. are awful. And then there you know there was a point in time where celebrities were seen as you are there for us mm -hmm. to do as we please. They were not seen as people. Yep. So it was like, you've decided to be a celebrity, so you've got to take the shit. Yeah, so I can ask us. you, yep. we, we own you, we, you know. 
And over time, there's been a, a shift mm-hmm. where, you know, their, their rights as people, as humans, has sort of come in. But now it's gone to the complete other extreme where it's like, what's the 10 questions pre-approved? And, and that the beauty of human connection, of conversation, of, you know, of what may come out of just be, of speaking freely is lost. And when you say speaking freely, is that because of perception of opinions? Or? Well, let, let's look at our podcast, for example. It's, it's untold stories. Nothing is scripted. No. We come in here, we get to know a little bit about it, and we go with it. Just throw people in the deep end. Well, yeah. you know, and, but, but in the conversation, a lot of the beautiful stories that come out of our podcast has been the moments where we're just talking. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and the thing is, there's trust with our guests that come in that we're not going to go and throw them under the bus. It isn't about trying to put them in a corner and say something bad, but these celebrities have been on the receiving end of Mm. horrific experiences. So I understand them fighting for that. They're fighting for their right as a human. And it's also the brand collaborations and the money they can lose from it. And if they get dropped and cancel culture and yeah. Remember Ronaldo moved the, in one of the, when he was on a press conference, he removed the Coca-Cola. Yes. Yeah, and there was a huge, huge really? saga over yeah. that. Yeah, because oh, he wow. moved it because because of his endorsements. But then people pointed out that he used to endorse um, soft yeah. drink, so it was a big, big, big the palaver there as well. Mm. So it's just all become you're right. It's become very mechanical. Mm. But then going back to when you interview these type of people. I want to go How? back, back, back. We jump forward too quickly. We do. Hang on, let me try. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I'm just like percolating so, questions in my head. Vogue, Vogue, Vogue. Eight-year-old, want to be Vogue. Well, I suppose it was the pinnacle of fashion and they had the big budgets and they have access to all the best people. And there were so many fantastic people working at the time. So you're, it's always that person you want to work towards. So like instead of having a celebrity I wanted to be, it was the editors and the journalists and... And that sort of thing. And like I say, I started in the whole like fashion and styling world because it's mainly the pictures that draw you in. And as you get older, when you start reading and learning, and especially in the beauty world, when people are writing incredible features, I started going down that route. So sorry, I digressed a little bit. Um, So I worked super, super hard. Like I said, I interned with Dan. I was interning everywhere. So I was very blessed to grow up here. I've been here for Mm -hmm. 20 years. And the industry was just kind of starting out and growing, but it was such a lucky time to be involved. So I was working with photographers, stylists, model bookings. Um, I did a bit of literal everything. And then I started getting in the magazines and I was interning and I was, went to school at London College of Fashion in London. And then every summer I would, or time off, I would fly back to Dubai, intern for a few weeks and then fly back. Whereas if I was in the UK, I got a few really cool internship offers, but I but knew I would be stuck tougher. in, it's so tough. Mm. But also you don't get to do as much. I would have been stuck in a closet, packing boxes Stapling and shipping boxes sheets. out. Yeah. yeah. And here you got the opportunity to like sit with the beauty editor or go on the shoot with the stylist. And they were, what would you like? like they would ask you questions and really help grow mm. you. And I had so many brilliant mentors i had one stylist called dina yassine here who like really took me under her wing and was incredible Mm. and then my other one i want to give a shout out was my second job actually at uh, viva magazine which is now closed down it used to be a big beauty magazine here and i had this one boss called anita quaid and she gave me every opportunity under the sun and there's a massive thing i've learned that you get these people that are that almost don't want to grow you and they want to keep you in 
in your space on the hierarchy. And then these two women were just like, do everything, be everything and kept pushing you. So that was a really good lesson I learned from there. Mm. And then just things happened and I ended up at Harper's as online editor, which was an amazing step, amazing experience. But online is so hardcore. That was, I was working the most hours of my entire life on that. Um, what made it hardcore? Yeah, what made it hardcore? As an online editor, you, it's also timely. So at least with a magazine, you have a month, you can create everything. You're thinking about your stories. Online is like, I remember there was this one time I was leaving the office and it was 8 p.m. at night. And bearing in mind, I'd get in at about 8 a.m. to get in before the rest of the girls on editorial got in so I could focus, get a few stories up. And Bella Hadid just got spotted wearing like these new Nike trainers. And there was this talk about a collaboration. And I turned off my computer. I was walking out the office and someone was like, did you see this story? We need to get it up now. And, and I had like, to walk back in, sit at my desk and type the story up. And I went, what am I doing that my life is now dictated by someone, a celebrity being spotted in trainers. And that's like never what I wanted to do. I'm not celebrity news. I don't like that sort of thing. Like I like the more in-depth. But it's really interesting because that whole digital thing that's very reactive. So reactive. Because literally something could happen on the other side of the world in a completely different time zone. Say someone passes away. If some like a big name in fashion passes away, you need to be the first person to get it up. And it's all about getting your SEOs higher. And it is a must, but you need to know that going into the job, you need the passion. You need a bit of youth. And a lot of coffee. And a lot of coffee. I wasn't even a coffee drinker back then. Now I am. Freelance life. And then I um, got actually headhunted by Vogue, which was huge for me. I went in my personal emails on the weekend. And I remember they were like, we think you'd be perfect for this job. We'd love you to come in. And I just remember sitting, I was at my parents' house and I just started screaming. I was like, oh my God. So how would that make you feel? Because you've manifested that vision as a kid with all of those covers, those icons, and then all of a sudden you're going to be a part of that. And you were headhunted. It was unbelievable. I mean, at the time, it was a brand new publication. It had just opened. I didn't know much about the team and I didn't know much about like how it was going to be perceived. And I also... Like Harper's, I was aligned with them. Like they've done so well. They work so hard in the industry. It was amazing what they were producing. And then I think I joined on the second issue. I just went, I have to do it. Even if I do it for a year, it's it's been my dream. And like the first few years were just absolutely brilliant. I mean, I ticked so many things off my bucket list, things I never thought I'd get to do. And then your just dreams realign. And I'm sure you guys have had that in your life where you hit that goal. And also like the world, we all dream for these like as much as I'm in fashion and beauty and I'm in that industry it's it's a lot of smoke and mirrors yeah Mm. like these press trips are incredible when you go to like Paris and Milan and stuff but you're taking night flights you're then landing you're then going to interview someone at 10 a.m you're by yourself a lot of the time like it's not all so this is gonna actually answer to a question I think it's kind of an obvious question, but you know, you got movies like Devil Wears Prada, and, and you, you, I think it was in the documentary, is it September issue? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm not into the world of fashion. Um, and you see like that whole lifestyle that goes into it because it's like, it's a brutal Oh, come on, job everyone thinks industry. that because we work in events, we have such a glamorous lifestyle because you're flying around the world delivering mm-hmm. stuff and all this. And I remember my friends were like, oh my God, you're so lucky, you don't really work. I'm like, I used to go to Cannes six times a year. And I would walk along the Quasette and watch all these people having a great time on the beach. And then I would go into the dungeons of the Palais uh, and deal with contractors to build exhibition stands. I was in darkness. I was in Cannes. Yeah. But like you said, overnight flight, 
staying or wasn't staying in five-star hotels, was up at five in the morning, on site by six. Don't get me wrong, loved it. You gotta love it to do mm -hmm. it, no questions, but it bull that it was glamorous. It took work, but you had to love it. So yeah, my question mm -hmm. is then, so what is the reality of all of that? Like, you know, we, people have a misconception of what the, the industry is, but what is that reality? When you're younger, it's absolutely amazing. Mm. And when you still think everything sparkles, like I still remember the first day I was working as a styling assistant and I got to bring back home a bag of Le Christian Louboutin samples. And it was just the night of my life. That was like to, to keep them. No, you, no, no, you were no, made. Honey, no. I was like, hang on a minute. Like. <laughs> I wish. Sample sales are another discussion. Um, <laughs> uh, no, just to bring them home because I was working on set the next day and then... I have pictures of me with like a whole room just filled with samples for these shoots. And did you go home and put them on? Yeah, 100%. Of course you did, oh my right? Gosh. It was like had a your time own little of like, had your own little fashion came show. came over. Like I have the funniest pictures and I would never give that up for the world. That was I dreamt of that. Mm. I manifested that like I'm a huge believer in manifesting cuz so much has come true. Um but then the reality is you're up at 5, 6 a.m. dragging all these in a car and then unpacking them and making sure they don't get destroyed and all of this sort of thing. You, you said something really cute. You said you, you, you're a huge believer in manifesting. How do you manifest? I used to do vision boards when I was younger, which mm -hmm. is so funny. In my parents' house, my sister and I used to cut up all the magazines and stick them on these big like Ikea frames, like make huge collages. And if you go into my room today, it is literally my life. Wow. wow. It's so crazy. I have a hot husband. I have dogs. I have a gorgeous house, nice car, and I got my dream job. And a pretty, so on, point, and a pretty on point Instagram. It's okay. We're getting there. Find me at Alexandra Venison. <laughs> nice little plug. <laughs> yeah. So what? You would put that up, had your vision board there, look but at it every day. We didn't need to do anything. We just put it up. Put it we, up. Didn't, we didn't know it was manifesting. The mm. secret never existed when we were growing up. It was just something for fun and kind of arty. But I was subconsciously seeing that every single day, right? So then, yeah, move towards that. But and that's, now, that, that's the key, isn't it? Because yeah. a lot of people are like, you know, to manifest means like you've got to concentrate, concentrate, no. concentrate. No. Actually, you've got to subliminally put it out there because well, in your brain, But you are surely... subliminally doing that when you create that vision board. The, mm, the yeah. effort of cutting and finding the things that you want and that process of doing that and putting it on, on a board and then putting it there, that's you manifesting. And then you leave it. And you go. The craziest thing ever, my mum, before we moved out to Dubai, and I mean this again, 20 years ago, and Arabian Ranches wasn't even made when we moved out. And she found a picture in a magazine and she put it on our fridge in the UK. And then three, I think it was three years after we moved here, Arabian Ranches then opened and she bought almost the exact house, like oh, the wow. exact wow. lookout. Without realizing it? Like, was it in hindsight, she's like, oh my God. In hindsight, we look back and go, that's crazy. Yeah. But she also did this to the other house that we lived in the UK. We used to live on this road yeah. and we were number 19 and she used to drive past this house every day and she was, I want to live there, I want to live. It was like smaller houses and then the next side of the road was bigger. She was like, I want to live there, I want to live there. And we lived in that house for like seven, eight years. And then one day a sale sign that she saw, not even a sale sign, she saw the people moving out of the house. She went there, she said to the owners, I want to buy your house. They're like, we're going to rent it. She was like, I want to buy it. We moved into that house like a few weeks later. Go, mom. And it was 29. We moved from 19 to 29. So I think she kind of always knew about this manifesting thing mm. and then kind of encouraged it to us. And then it hit mainstream. And yeah, just cut and paste a few pictures out, leave it on your fridge. 
Bam. And forget about it. But then it yeah. happens. Yeah. But I think I do Have believe you, you ever manifested something? Yeah, uh, yeah, all the time. But I don't think I don't do it visually. Like I don't do a mood board. No. But I'm manifesting things in my head. Mm. Yeah. And also as well, like if it, you know, sometimes a team will laugh at me, and I'll. It's not like you could predict the future, but mm-hmm. I'll be like, "This is going to happen," and everyone's like, "You're an idiot. That's never going to happen." But it actually happens mm-hmm. because, like, you put it there. There's a there's a thing that you can see or whatever, and you create a journey to get to where. Yeah, where you, you just want it make to be. it happen. Like, make yeah. it happen, yeah. Yeah, like for me, it's always been, I'll make a statement. And when I'm making that statement, there's there's a weird vibration going on. I only realize that afterwards. Amazing. And then I go back, like there's two things for me. And it, it was years later that I went, oh my God. So when I first moved out here, that I realized there were two things that I'd said. Mm-hmm. One, the agency I was working for, I used to come home at such a late hour and I lived in I live in the Greens, and there was this loft, the, these lofts, and there was this loft on the corner, and it had this beautiful chandelier. And I used to drive home at like ten o'clock at night, just going. And I look at this place, and I'm like, oh my god, I, got, I would love to live in one of those lofts. I'm yeah. like, this is beautiful. It was a double story window, whatever. That was one thing I'd said. And then another one, and this was again when I first came out, and I, I used to say, I go, you know what? I want to work for the royal family. Just. Uh, and it was years later. I now live, I bought a loft. Yeah. And it all happened. I wasn't looking for a loft, mm-hmm. but I ended up buying the loft. And I work for one of Sheikh Hamdan's companies. And it only so hit wild. me. And it was years later. I totally forgot about that. And I'm like, oh, my God. That was over 10 years ago. I said those two things and I've this done happened. them both. Yeah. But I'd completely forgotten I had that in my head or that I'd ever said that. But... What it was, was every time in a certain vibration, I still haven't, I still haven't nailed it. Because mm-hmm. I'll be afterwards, I'm like, damn, what did I do? How did I, how did yeah. I create that vibration in, in, in my statement? Because when I do that, it happens. But I think we're not always appreciative of it. Like, yeah. if you manifest something, it might not always be exactly how you dreamt mm. it up. Or to be when right. you thought. So you need to just stop and like Mm. it sounds so cheesy but you do need to stop and appreciate things like we're always moving so quickly and so you know do you stop and appreciate things i mean i don't have time anymore (laughs) because money is time no i i do try to and it's uh yeah i try to but you can get overwhelmed and Mm. i mean i did um when i was actually at vogue at night times i was studying and doing a health coaching course and that taught me so much but Health coaches need health coaches because everyone needs it. Yeah. Every every coach business, needs a coach. Right? Yeah. So it's yeah. So about that. Yeah. How does that happen? What doing the health coach? Yeah, you just woke up one day and went. Mm-hmm. So I, I was just like, that's quite different from the journalism yeah. that you've been working on previously. Because well, no, I was a beauty journalist, so okay. I was working across beauty, health, and wellness. Why? Why beauty? Sorry, I, but we didn't ask that question because when you talked about it, it was like styling. It's the fashion. It's the beautiful imagery, and it's composing these beautiful sort of visual stories that then led you to realize, no, I actually like the writing behind it as well, the story behind it, not just the visuals. So that came in. What was it about beauty? The so beauty industry. When you're a junior, you're working across both. Mm-hmm. So you always kind of start as fashion and beauty. And I loved fashion and I was doing it, but I just got so drawn to the beauty industry for how amazing the people are. They are ah. like, the thing is fashion is, and what's the word I'm looking for? Fashion is, um, I've lost my name. I'm, I'm too scared to Despair, say what it is. It's everyone's own perception. 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 Yeah. Like it's so 
a designer can come out with something and someone might not like it and someone does. Of course. And it's just fashion is constantly being... Mm. Um, it's being evolved and challenged. Evolved and, and, but it isn't. I feel like we've got to a point where they're just recycling. There, re, there is a lot of recycling like, going it's on. Not, and but it's not because we've seen everything. it's interesting with sustainability and all of that. I mean, we can't get any minier than we've got in terms of like mini skirts and stuff. Like, I don't know. From like, <laughs> please. God, no. no. Just double like, check what no. Lily's wearing. Yeah. <laughs> please. Um, but with beauty that I just felt like I was constantly learning, like you were always learning about new skincare products or new formulations, or when you spoke to a perfumer, you really, they were so passionate and there's such an incredible history behind it and everything. I don't know whether beauty felt back in the day that it had a bit more time. Like yeah. it felt like perfumers actually were people you didn't have to send the 10 questions off. You could go off a bit more off the beaten track. I want to talk about this really quickly because I saw you at an event and it was for Vogue and it was down at Dubai Mall, I think it was. That was, And yeah, you did a panel amazing. session with, yes. a, with a bunch of perfumers. I don't even know how you say it. Perfumers, yeah, yeah. there you go. And especially for this region because scent is so important. Yeah. Like as somebody which, you know, like, I'm a typical guy, like literally I buy the cheapest thing from Duty Free on the way back through the Absolutely airport. Absolutely not. I'm like, going to fix you. We'll have a it. discussion um, after this. But it was really interesting to talk about scent mm. and the power of scent. Scent's incredible. I mean, I think people often go into it almost like makeup women. Oh, mm. we're doing it for other people. You're not. When you apply a scent every yourself. morning, it's for yourself. And it's amazing what it can do for you. And I'm very blessed because I get a lot of samples in, obviously. But I have them all lined up. And one day, if I need to feel powerful, I'll put on a powerful one. And it does completely Which one's change. your powerful one? Anything Tom Ford. Mm. I mean, he knows how mm. to blend. He does, well, he's doesn't not he? Blending, but Is that the cheapest one yeah. from Duty Free? Absolutely That's like the most, not. It's the most Absolutely expensive not. one in juice. Which was the one I've got? Black Orchid? Black Orchid is Love unbelievable. It. That's my Ibiza fragrance, a black orchid. Love it. Dark nights, clubs. Well, it's really interesting because you talk about scents. Sorry, we've got off on a slightly different topic yeah. now. Which we quite love tangents. Now. Let's yeah, keep tangents. Scents for me always create nostalgic moments. Like yes. you smell something, it takes you back to a thing. Like it's, you know, like, I don't know, like. It is memories. It is connected so this, this, to memories. This is going to sound slightly gross, but like I used to live in a pub when I was younger. So there's what? a certain smell of like beer yep. that has been left out for a while that takes me back to like to, to childhood. It's really weird. So yeah, if but, I walk but, into but a pub, smell, I'm like, it, it's, oh, wow. But it's very powerful. It's a very powerful thing because it's, it's it's it, it's the height of of um, being subliminal, right? Mm. It is so subliminal. Yeah, it's completely connected to your subconscious. And I love the culture here that mm. none of them share their sense because they all la- the, the locals, Emiratis, layer. So this other thing is an I heard form, in the session. Unbelievable art form. They are masters of it. Like nowhere else in the world, I think, could do it like they it's do. Science. I have followed people. Through the malls. Yes. Literally. Literally. I do it all the time. I will like, follow people so and then good. I will say, what is that? I have literally got visions of you running around to buy more just like sniffing people in Pandora's. 100% done that. You have to. I have. I, like I have. But they'll never I, tell you. Yeah. Oh, what because is it? it's, it's like down a to like it's what you bathe in. It's your shower gel. Then it's the body cream. Layers. Then it's the oil. Then it's the fragrance. Then you mix the fragrance. And if you try and mix cheap fragrances, you are not going to smell great. Let me no. tell you that. One of the worst ones is cheap vanilla. Cheap vanilla is disgusting. That sounds like an ice cream. One that you wouldn't want to eat. I want to see see someone do an indie brand that's like called cheap vanilla, cheap but vanilla. they do it very well. Exactly. Like that would be quite cool. 
Oh, I'm obsessed with fragrance. Like I could talk my, about it all it day was, long. It was my younger brother. Bless him. I love him for this. He used to always come to me and tell me what fragrance I needed to buy. Because he would, he like, and he has great taste. So he'd, he would literally go chasing women. <laughs> he used me. It worked well. I'm like such a, I was such a great wing woman from far away. He would use me as the excuse to walk up to women and say, what are you wearing? Um, it would be great for my, my I, I want to tell my sister. And then the rest is history. But I'd also get really great uh, recommendations out of it. Nice. Mm. You mentioned that's my Ibiza scent. So do you have a scent for like every occasion? Absolutely. Mm. Really? Don't Where you? do I have a scent? No, like I've literally, this, this is really bad actually. It's probably why I'm still single. <laughs> is I've got like two bottles of aftershave, which I think I got like Christmas in oh, 2019. Gosh. You're killing me. That are on the top of my toilet. And I just, whichever one I pick right, up first is what I spray. We're, we're ending this podcast now and we're what? going down. Yeah, we're going to Perfumery & Co. And Happy days. Yeah. No, per, I, every time I go on a vacation, I try and change perfumes. Because, A, as you get older, your memory gets so bad. So if I save that perfume and I go, oh, that's the time I went to Ibiza, or that's yeah. the time I went to France. like I, It triggers. Amazing. Interesting. Mm. It's memories. It's like almost bottling memories. I also love signature scents, which is something that all of our mothers probably had a signature scent, and it's not so much now. But I like when you smell someone and it, it's they're triggers. wearing the same I, one. You yeah. know, I, um, whenever I go through the airport, yeah. Uh, I always go and uh, spray myself with J'adore because mm. it's my mom's signature yeah. scent. It's it's this little tradition. It's wow. just this little but if ritual. If you were going I have. on a date night, you wouldn't touch. Oh God, it. no! I wouldn't touch it. And I'm like, hey, my <laughs> my mother's there, and oh. uh, nothing's going to happen if my mother's there. But no, but that's that's my little thing where you know when I travel, I love it. But then that's that comforting thing because traveling is intense and crazy exactly it's okay so it's my connection with my mom yeah hang on we're going to take it a step further now actually though but so it's not necessarily the the, the fragrance like people wear as well but i've heard that hotels for example yes they, 100%. Have, sig- they have signature scent w hotel well the robe does it really like, every well every time robe, i walk into a robe i'm like well? wow it smells like a robe like mm-hmm. and there's something but also airlines as well apparently yeah so you know you sit on a plane it's like it has it, a smell it affects your psychology mm. wow we've had a beautiful uh, tangent of a conversation here. <laughs> you <laughs> you do really the whole thing on fragrance what do you what do you like the smell of then dan um i mean he probably doesn't question. even know with just two it things doesn't. not like for me like i like strong strong sounds so, so say you're spicy. going out and you smell someone what's like for me it's like the arabic stuff and i don't know what you do yeah Okay, I'm gonna like nothing floral. It just it makes me. Do you want know to what is allergy. amazing on a man though? Rose. There is some incredible mm, rose fragrances agreed. coming out now, and you have to every single person when you spray a perfume on, it settles differently on mm, everyone. Really? So I could pray, spray something on my skin, it will smell completely, completely different, different on both of you. It just sounds like it's going to trigger my hay fever. No, if you find it, that's the cheap I can't ones. believe it's you just this, said that. It's the synthetic. You're killing me. It's the synthetic. If you buy nice quality, and it doesn't always have to be crazy expensive. If you buy nice quality ones that are well thought out and well developed, I'm going to change your mind on this. Done. So I get it. There's, I there's a challenge. I think we're challenge accepted. We'll make this a thing. But I get that. So well, when you put it that way, I totally understand why you shifted towards the beauty side of things. And then think about skincare and stuff yeah, as well. Especially I love skincare. for women. Like now I'm definitely in the stage of aging. Like I'm finding all these gray hairs. And it actually makes you a beauty, better beauty editor because you understand a lot more. But you... There's so much we don't get taught in school. Mm. Like, why don't we get taught how to look after your skin and and 
when you look, so the beauty industry is so flooded with marketing. Just take it back to sleeping. Yeah. This is a beauty editor. Drinking water. Yeah. I love all my skincare. I have hundreds of them. But drink water, get enough sleep, and as much as we can, try not to stress. Yeah. If you haven't figured and that out, no, no, yeah, eat your eat greens. Eat your greens. Eat your greens. You had it here. So now you've moved into the world of freelance. Yes. And a bit more. How was that decision? Because sorry, I'm gonna I'm, uh, don't was, jump, don't jump, because because that's a big thing to walk away from. Yeah. Like that, you know that 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 was your world. Like it's still your world, yeah. but like to then go, you know what? I'm ready to step away and and let go of that. I, it was my world. It was my absolute dream job. I did it for three and a half years. I got engaged, and that my partner was incredible like in supporting me and making the right decision and everything and and it's also financial stability as well so knowing that he has Hmm. a solid paycheck coming in and everything and I could go after these new dreams but if the world was what it was 10 years ago I'd still be in that position 100% I loved it I was literally born for that role absolutely loved it to bits I loved the people I met I loved the experiences but how online came into the role and and other things which yeah there was just there's lots there was lots of layers to that onion but um but it was also super exciting to leave Mm. and then work for these other incredible publications so I've written for the national since I've left which I've never been in and been published in a newspaper that was so exciting Mm. different form of writing different challenge I got published in um I'm working with fashion trust Arabia Pulse magazine who are the nicest team you'll ever meet. And they're doing incredible things. They're kind of, they're growing hugely at the moment. And it's so exciting. Every time I see myself get published there, I get little goosebumps again. So as much as I love it, you you have to just keep pushing Well, for all right? our listeners out there that didn't see it, the, the childish grin that just came on your face when you were saying <laughs> that, 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 that explains why you moved on. Yeah. There's one guy that I work with at Fashion Trust Arabia and he's so lovely and he helps kind of give me back that confidence Mm. I think I maybe lost a tiny bit of confidence as well and there's certain like situations that you find yourself in that myself I've worked so hard to get confidence and I've worked so hard to build my skills that it's nice to go like back out there and but although when you leave a big brand let me tell you it's not Alexandra at Vogue anymore there's a lot of people that yeah drop off that was the scary thing because I was number one on all that sounds so terrible, but you are kind of number one on the list, and like well, because you're you part get of all brand. the best interviews and all the best. Lo- and let me tell you as well, it's not when you've been in this industry for a long time. It is not about the products, and it's not about the flights or anything. You can get to like, it got to the stage where I was getting so many brand launches in that I couldn't keep up with it at the same time. On top of all my workloads, so that's yeah. also why it's exciting to be freelance. What was I trying to say? I just, like, there was one stage where these interns were coming in and bringing me beauty samples, and they were like, there's a gift for you. And I was like, honey, if that's what you think is a gift, like, you're going to get a quick, like, no amount of eyeshadow palettes. Like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Maybe cancel that. I'm talking crap now. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. What was I trying to say? You were were going, you know, what what it was, the the excitement, like, Basically, it was A, the excitement yeah. of getting back into a, to, to what it was really about. Then it yes. was talking about um, how once you're no longer part yeah, of a big off. brand name, yeah. you, you don't exist anymore. Yeah. And then people forget you. Yeah. You're like off the list. So when you leave 
a big name as well. It's a really interesting thing of you're not Alexandra Vogue anymore. Yeah. So of course you're never going to be number that one. That knocks on the you, doesn't it? A it little rocks bit. You. It's it's a tiny hit. To it your shouldn't, ego. but it will. But it does. But you're only also, human. Yeah. And and I have loads of friends that have made that change too. So I had a lot of support with that. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip that slightly as well. Is there a kind of like uh like a, a, almost like a liberating feeling now because then you're going on to now form your own destiny, like you know, especially going freelance. Yeah. You know, you get to pick and choose things, and you I'm know, just Alex do things. Well, like you, well, you can you can ask whatever question you want now. Yeah, like it or lump it. Yeah. Um, no, but it's also I, like as much as we say about Instagram and stuff, I also find it really sad that you're dictated by the amount of followers. I know it's changing a little bit now, and people are appreciating like my influences. No, it's not. Is it? Still a numbers game. Kills me. But it's you meet some of these influencers. I think here like, it's a numbers game. I think in the rest of the world, it's it is starting more, to change. Yeah. It's a bit more authentic. People well, are starting so to cut on to the fact that it's... Them, it's like insane. As, as my sister always says, if a celebrity has like one, mini, one million followers, how does someone here who has no background in anything or supposed talent by like posing, how do they have the same followers as like yeah. a famous actor? So... It's interesting, but I don't know. It's it was what it used to be was you would be amazing and you'd be promoted from this and then you'd be promoted to that and then from like my question was from Vogue, where do you go in terms mm. of publications here? Where do you go? Is there anywhere to go? No. And was that part of the decision? No that offense made you... to like any other publication at all, but in terms of being a beauty editor, it's, it's a, there's it's not the a... capacity for a beauty editor. Like there's no other. And again, because Vogue's are iconic. Yeah. Like, it literally is the pinnacle of, yeah. you know, the, the fashion world, the publications. Is, yeah. So but there's that... amazing indie... Like, I want to talk about the indie world. There's some incredible um, publications coming out now that are, like, they're going after particular communities and they're not brand names anymore. So, like, some of my favourite in LA, when you look at the likes of Goop or Poosh or Rose Inc. or there's incredible, like, new indie ones that are coming up and I actually read them more than the standard ones. Are you starting to work more with these indie ones? Do you ever write for them or contribute? Maybe I'm creating a little indie one. Ah. Maybe I'm spending my time doing something else. Oh, we'll get to that in a second. Da, da, da. But what do you guys read? What are your, like, how do you God, consume content now? To read which moment. will break my heart. Oh, I probably would do. Do you know, visually, literally, mm. uh, um, social media, Yeah, I it's guess, it's, it's the biggest mm. thing. Like every now and again, like I like to, especially if I'm in like a meeting or a doctor's waiting room, is mm. you pick up a magazine, you flick through a magazine. I you know, love. Sometimes I like to touch it. I, I like miss, to feel it. like the, the reason why I'm not doing a lot of reading is such as because I love print. Mm. I love it. I love print. The smell. I, I don't even have a Kindle. I still buy books. Mm. So that, you know, there's a certain authenticity to it, like uh, it's, it's tangible. Listen, it exists. It's beautiful, but it's art. Like it's exactly. another form of art. Like someone spending that amount of time and writing a book and putting the words and it's energy beautiful. and everything into it. You want it to be. It's yeah. tangible. It's like when you're when you sit when I, like, when you look at the Vogue's when you open up the magazines, mm. the smell, the yeah. cover, like. I work in marketing and I sit like it kills me that the world of print is, is disappearing. Mm -hmm. Well, like you said, you, you collected Vogue's like they are collectible. I, I, I used to get I the Grazias. Yeah. I, I used to, I used to collect Grazia. I, I ended up collecting Grazia magazines because of my flatmate who loved Grazia. She was Italian. So because I traveled a lot, I would always pick it up for her at the airport. I'd pick it up at the airport for something to read. So I'd grab my magazines, all of them for the flight. 
Vogue, Grazia, Cosmo, whatever, just visually. It would be humongous, that pile. Huge. You could barely hold yeah. it. Yeah, especially And I would always around. bring it back and mm. I would give it to my flatmate, Katarina. I'm like, and she'd look at me. She's like, where is it? I go, here's your Grazia and here's this. And it was just, I loved it. And up till recently, I had stacks of them in my house. Wow. For me, it was part of the art in my house. Yeah. You know, and then after a while, I'm like, I think it might be time to let go somewhere. But it was, it, it was horrible. I don't, it's just, yeah. So I Cut don't. Cut them up and create vision boards. <laughs> there you exactly. go. Give them a second life. Alex, you, you kind of done everything. Is there anything throughout <sighs> that entire journey that you'd ever do differently or that you wish you'd done differently? You know, you've gone from... Good question. Hey, so you, you've gone from the, the interning, you've grown that career ladder, you, you've hit the pinnacle of working with Vogue, and then you've decided to take a new challenge to go freelance and do your own thing. Is there anything where you think, yeah, maybe a different direction or... Like a sliding door. Yeah. There's a project that I'm working on now, I hinted to it before, and I wish I'd been better prepared to get that launched sooner. Okay. And it's me being a perfectionist that... And knowing that my name's so tied to it and there's people kind of waiting because I've been hinting at it for about two years. Um, but I wish I had a little bit more confidence just to get it done, put my head down and trust in myself a bit more. That's the only thing because I am so... I have some of the worst days. I've cried a bunch of times this week being overwhelmed and tired and all this. So there's, I'm not saying everything's perfect, but if I really break it down and look at my life, I am so happy. And I've been very blessed and I've been very privileged and I respect that so much. But like, I couldn't change anything because I would never want to change where I am Well, you right wouldn't now. be where you are now. Yeah. yeah. And even, and you have to learn from the bad times. You have to be that intern dragging around bags. You have to be up late at night. You have to have that bad boss. You have to have that to, in order to shape yourself. And I think I was so lucky that I knew it at a young age and achieved it at such a young age that I can like compartment, com put it in a box and and move on so, so what's so your next grateful. box my next box um i want to create my own platform i don't think there's enough beauty representation here and like quality beauty and not like there's it's it's a hard thing with beauty right because i also am such a believer in sustainability and being eco-conscious and trying to invest in the right things so it's i've had this massive thing with I'm a beauty editor, so especially on Instagram, I want to be posting about all the new launches, but I don't want people to feel like they need to buy all the new launches. So I'm trying to figure out how mm. I can say, these are all the new launches, but until you finish that mascara, don't go buying 10 more because yeah. they're just going to sit there and get wasted. So I'm just trying to find my voice still, I think. And I'm, yeah, just... And the You'll confidence. find your... The, the groove will come. I hope so. The groove it's, will it's come. It always does. Like, we've... I've done three different brand books for this concept and it's changed and I'm like every time I'm happier, but if you don't, like as Nike says, just do it. Just man. do it. Just yeah. do it. And when are you going to do it? <laughs> like I was it's meant happening. to do it, you know, in January and I was meant to do it in March and it's now what, the 22nd of March or something and we'll see. Well, those, Soon. But life gets in the way. Wedding, I got married, like it took a hell of a lot to get that all planned and ready and then I'm, my house got renovated and mm. so everything gets in the way, but you just can't have excuses. And also I, I need to fund myself. So it's like, if yeah. you get these big projects in, like we've worked with incredible brands and on really cool projects. If someone's, you know, paying my wage for the month, I need to take that. Yeah, you can't course. just, yeah. Well, hopefully 2022 is the year for good things. Just do it. Just, just do, do it. it. Just do it. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, guys. Hi, I'm Lily. And I'm Dan. We are The Loaded.